Hello, and welcome to the Client Experience Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Raya Gonzalez, and I am here today with Dr. Shakisha and Eric Heilick, and we are going to dive into everything marriage and business. Welcome, guys. Well, thank thank you for having us. (laughs) Well, tell us a little bit about you and tell us what you guys are passionate about and how you're helping in the community. Honey, you want to go first? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm Eric Heilick, and I am really passionate about helping others to succeed in business and in relationship. And typically you have to have the relationship first before you go into business, especially when you're a couple. Um, but that's been something that I've been doing pretty much almost all my life is helping others, um, whether it's in ministry or in business or just general everyday life. For me, I, I'm really passionate about helping couples. I was not able to really witness that to I was younger. So it's always been a passion of mine to be able to see couples succeed because I was accustomed to seeing couples failing, but to actually see couples succeed and they're being, they're able to focus in those three key areas and really to see their marriage go to the next level. And you're seeing couples that are really thriving in their marriages and not just surviving. So my passion is just to help those couples that might seem like they're on the verge of, of struggling to keep their vows or they're struggling just to make it through marriage and just to be able to help those couples transition to a point where they enjoy each other again. They enjoy married life again. That is my passion. I love that. I think I've never made that connection before, but something that you just said right now really clicked with me. And that is, well, number one, I'm, I come from a family of divorced parents and I didn't have a lot of examples of happy marriage around me either. So I've had to kind of wade through this, um, you know, on my own. And we just were talking before the show, we were talking about how we both got married in 1998. Excellent year. So we've, all of us have been married for 22 years and um, this has been, you know, a journey of learning how to be married because it's not something that comes naturally. It's not something you would think it would, but it it really is a decision that you have to make and to be committed to. But the parallel in entrepreneurship and just knowing that not only had I not had this example of what a, a healthy marriage looks like, nobody in my family was an entrepreneur either. And so I've also had to figure out not only how to be married, but then how to be an entrepreneur and then as we'll dive into that's how do you blend the two of those in a harmonious way and so thank you for bringing that to the forefront too because I think that's so important where a lot of us come from families that you know didn't mirror that um, relationship of what that healthy marriage could look like absolutely absolutely Yes, definitely. Because I, I, you know, my parents were uh, they they cho- they chose to get married and divorce what twice, three times maybe. Yeah, they got married so, in between. Yeah, so <laughs> definitely you can't say well I learned how to have a great relationship from watching my parents. That was definitely not the case. Yeah, same for me. My my mom was married and divorced twice, and my grandfather when he passed away at ninety four was on his fourth marriage. So there well, that's was commitment. 
Yeah. (laughs) So for me, it was just not really the only thing I had to go by was just looking at my friends in school and for them, the ones that the parents were still together, I would just kind of watch their marriages to try to see what was different. And I'm saying, well, why am I with the single mom? What happened with my mom and my dad? Why didn't they make it? And then just starting to have those conversations and allow those layers to unfold so you could figure out exactly what was transpiring in the marriage. Because when you're younger, your parents are going to kind of keep it general. Well, mommy and daddy feel this better if we separate. But no, they didn't talk about their challenges that they were have that actually got them to that point. So I think that's really true. I think, you know, there's always the debate on whether or not you should fight in front of your kids or, you know, allow them to see those types of things. And I've done my best to be, you know, because obviously you can't be with somebody for 22 years and not fight. If if people are together for 22 years and they say they don't fight, they're just liars or they're in a loveless marriage because there's no way. But for the most part, I mean, I will say to my kids, I'm just irritated with your dad right now you know what I mean or you know, like my kids are older now for the most part but I do have a 10 year old and I'll just say I'm mad right now or you know but then they see that the next day I'm still with their dad and you know like I try not to speak disparagingly or you know to, to do anything that would be harmful with their relationship but I think it's important for our kids to be you know have a mirror of what it looks like to have arguments that result in healthy conversation and you know that's so true. Um, when my our kids were younger, we would honestly make it seem like we didn't fight. You know, we wouldn't say anything. But as they got older and were actually able to to process things, and they'll ask what's going on. Okay, mommy and daddy are upset with one another. Doesn't mean we don't love each other. It's just either mommy did something to make daddy angry, or daddy did something to make mommy angry. And then we talk about it. You know, with yeah. them. And we help them realize we communicate in different ways or there are different ways they could have said that or we could have handled that and allow them to see, okay, so you just have to be able to learn how to work things out. Not everything is just a I'm mad and it's over type thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, uh, and, the, and one thing too we do with them is we, we have... Actually, we have long discussions with them talking about (laughs) marriage, talking about relationships, talking about finance, talking about business, you know, talk about those things and talk about what a marriage really is and what it takes and how, you know, where we first met in college and and how we progressed from there to getting married. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, we, we make sure that they they had a clear picture of what it means to go from dating relationship to marriage and then also working in business because we weren't always in the business together at the same time. We first started out in corporate America. And so, you know, this is something that we discussed with them to show them the pros and cons and how to navigate through that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we had talked about some different scenarios that couples come against when they were in corporate in regular jobs um, and then in uh, being on entrepreneurs. And one of the things that we had talked about was what it's like when both the couples are in corporate America and what are some of the challenges that you guys see because you coach and lead both on -on one-on-one coaching and also in your membership with Marriage Can Win, you are helping many, many couples. And what are some of the challenges that you're seeing with the couples who are both in corporate? I mean, I honestly, when you're working with couples in corporate and one of the things that we realized or we would hear a lot from the couples, there is sometimes a perception that whoever made the most money 
you know, they had the biggest voice in the relationship and that can pose an issue because it makes the other spouse feel like because I don't make as much money, I'm not as valuable to the relationship. Mm -hmm. So we had to Mm -hmm. teach them how to communicate with one another because just as easily, just the amount of money, if it's going, it's going into the same bank account. So it doesn't mean that you're any less valuable. You have a voice in the relationship as well. And to start recognizing just because my husband's a man doesn't mean he handles the finances. You have to recognize where your strengths lie in the relationship and draw from that. And not only that, and, you know, educate your spouse, because a lot of times in relationships, you have these high powered executives there, you know, what if something happens to them and they're the primary breadwinner? Life still goes on. You need to know how to handle things. My husband was strongest with finances. I'll give you our personal example, but he taught me how to do finances because his job took him to the point where he had to travel. See, he wasn't home regularly, but the bill still had to be paid. So he showed me, hey, this is how you do X, Y, and Z. You know, while I'm traveling, I need you to keep up with it. And we went through it, you know, created our our budget together. So even though it wasn't my strength, he still showed me and respected me enough as his wife to teach me how to do certain things so it would positively impact our marriage. Because you can't get the lights cut off just because the husband's traveling. You know, you had to be able to use wisdom and communicate. You know, oftentimes we saw couples where, you know, one passed away and maybe the wife might have said, you know, the husband says, well, my wife always handled this. My wife always handled that. Well, she's not there anymore. Did you have a discussion about, you know, what you want? If it should something, should there an untimely death occur or, or something happen in your business? It's important to have communication. And not only that, put it in writing. If something happens to your spouse, you're distraught. You might not be able to remember certain things, but if you put it in writing, there's something that they can refer to as well. We also find um, a common thing in couples that we, uh, we end up coaching or are coming across is, is that um, they're both in corporate America. Now, when they just start out in marriage, whether they have children already or they don't have children and they're looking to have kids or they have them unexpectedly, it's always comes down to balance and also the roles because they're both working nine to five. And as Sakisha said, that sometimes uh, the person with that's making the most money and they like, well, I'm making the most money. So you need to make the sacrifice and, you know, take care of the kids, take care of this. And sometimes, you know, you would think, Oh, the man makes the most money, but sometimes it's the woman, woman that makes more money. And so, you know, sometimes there's layoffs, rifts and, the man gets laid off and the woman is still working. So those have been a lot of challenges that we've come across with couples. And so that's kind of a common thing that we, we end up uh, working with and teaching them how to communicate and balance. You know, I've seen that actually with personal friends too, where actually the wife makes significantly more money than the husband. They have the same education level, but just for whatever reason, that's how things have played out. Um, And I've also seen in my own marriage, when we were talking about, you know, the, does it pass the hit by a bus test, you know, in terms of (laughs) if one spouse passes away, I always laugh because I tell my husband, you know, what would you do without me? Because I'm definitely the one who does all the bills and everything. And so we've always had joint everything so yeah. because we were really young when we got married. And in the beginning, I think he thought, I know he thought that I was just being miserly with the money. Like he thought that I was just hiding the money or telling him we didn't have money. And Google Sheets literally saved my marriage because essentially what I did was I would put the paycheck 
information in what the anticipated paycheck was and then the bills that were coming out from that check. And then I would have the amount left over and I shared it with him. So at any time he could see what the pay upcoming pay period was, what money was coming out from that. And then as it cleared, I would highlight it so he could see, you know, what was cleared from the account. So he could see that it wasn't just me saying, hey, we don't have money. It was actually, these are the bills that are being paid. It was clarity and communication about what was coming in and what was going out um, that allowed us to have a more honest and open conversation about spending because definitely I am the saver and he is the spender in our relationship. But that's not always been exactly that way, but I tend to be, you know, more frugal and he tends to be more spontaneous in our, in our spending patterns. And so I think, you know, those examples are definitely important in terms of usually one of the, one of the two will be the one who takes care of the bills and whatnot. And so that can be, if there's not clarity and communication, that can be stressful because if you don't have, if you have a joint account and you're, and you're looking at what's in the account, that doesn't necessarily reflect what's actually available from those funds. That has been proven true to be one of the great divisions in uh, couples because you have one who's a spender who one is a saver. Also, you have one that has vision for down the road on certain things such as purchasing a home, vacation, and that's typically the one who is the saver. And so they're, they're really being I wouldn't say frugal, but they're watching their pennies and dimes and they're looking for ways of investing to, you know, work towards their their goals. And then the other one who's kind of really not mm, that serious about those things and they're just spending in the moment because the money is there and they're so used to the money just being there. And so they just spend, spend, spend. And the other one's like, wait a minute, why is the money being? So that, that has always been a great divider when it comes to two people who are you know, they have different mindsets. So mindset is, is a big issue in that relationship. Absolutely. Well, the next scenario that we kind of talked about was when you have one person in business for themselves and the other person is working a traditional nine to five. And this example really hit home for me because there's I have both sides of this coin. And that is that my, you know, several years ago, many moons ago, um, my husband was working a nine to five, but he also opened a business and we weren't really ready to open a business. We didn't really have all of the details worked out yet, but there was some success because he's quite good. It was a gardening business and he is a really hard worker and has, an, you know, an eye for perfection. And he specialized in going in and doing a gut out, you know, cleanup of somebody's yard and then maintaining it. And I did all the administrative side of that. And it was very begrudgingly. I was very bratty about it. I did not want to do this business. I was like, just ragged on him constantly. I did not understand why we weren't making any money and we were spending all of this money. And it was such a a bone of contention between the two of us until the point where we actually closed down the business because it was causing us so much strife. And mostly, I mean, admittedly, it was mostly me. And then, you know, fast forward to 2018 when I came to be in business for myself. And then my first year was also brutal. I mean, just the startup cost and all of those things. And I really revisited all of the things that had passed happened with our gardening business and was able to see things with fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. And I think there was, while, you know, while there was things that we weren't 
fully prepared for and could have done better. I think that if we had stuck it out, there could have been a different outcome. But um, I'm really grateful for my spouse who has been, well, in the beginning, he was, you know, skeptical as well, but he definitely did not give me as hard a time as I gave him. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, I just think that... um, it, I wonder how common that is too in terms of strife and relationships when you're trying, especially when you're starting up and there's such a drain, you know, we're living on one income when we need to be living on two incomes. And not only are we living on one income, but we're losing money as fast as we can make it. And, you know, gratefully we're in such a different scenario right now where the business is profitable and things are going well, but that definitely wasn't the case in the very beginning. How common is that? And what are some of the other um, stressors that happen when you have one spouse that is an entrepreneur and one that's working a nine to five? Well, that's common um, because you have two things that come to mind. You have the mindset and understanding. First of all, the mindset of the person who has who was still working a corporate America job, they're accustomed to the nine to five. They're accustomed to having benefits. They're accustomed to having vacation, paid vacation. They're accustomed to that. And then the person who's an entrepreneur, um, they don't have a nine to five. So they work constantly. Sometimes they can overwork. And then there's a neglect of time spent together. Because once the nine to five uh, individual comes home, they're expecting that work is over. The person who's an entrepreneur, they're working constantly into the wee hours in the morning and then they sleep little. And then when they wake, they're back at it. And then also when it comes to understanding, so the person who's in corporate America has to understand what it takes to be an entrepreneur. And, you know, so it's a different mindset. So, and that's always been kind of, uh, one of the big issues or two of the big issues. First of all, the mindset and the understanding of what it takes to succeed in business. Shakisha, what are your thoughts on that? Um, my thoughts are that, you know, I agree with my husband because like you, we had this similar situation where, you know, well, actually we we're both nine to fives and then he had, became an entrepreneur and then I was nine to five and he's an entrepreneur and now it's swapped. He's nine to five and an entrepreneur and I'm a full-time entrepreneur. You have to be able to, to focus on three things. It's just kind of a consistent across the board. You know, a lot of things that really, really impact couples are the greatest things that cause division in the relationships would be dealing with the communication dealing with the finances and dealing with the level of intimacy. And with couples, with whether you're in the nine to five or you're an entrepreneur, your communication has got to be at an all-time high because you've got two different individuals with two different perceptions. And it could be a different level of commitment when you've, you know, come home from nine to five, you know, you want to leave those job responsibilities there and transition into a different role. But uh, someone that's an entrepreneur, five o'clock is not necessarily going to be quitting time. That might be a 15 minute break and back on the grind, making phone oh, calls, sure. sending, sending out emails, fi- following up with clients, you know, appointments running late. There's not going to necessarily be a consistency in schedule. And there may also be an inconsistency in revenue, which would be the finance portion. You know, you're nine to five or they get a check every two weeks or, or once a month, you get benefits, you know, you're off either on the weekends or a certain, you know, days of the week. An entrepreneur has a different mindset 
they're not necessarily guaranteed weekends off. You know, they're not guaranteed right. a certain schedule. Their income, it may fluctuate based on the economy. It may, you know, different things may impact the income. So, you know, for a couple that one's focusing in one role, like in, you know, flowing in a, a nine to five role where the other spouse is an entrepreneurial space, they have to have that open line of communication to make sure that they're on the same page. Someone that, you know, I, I heard someone um, put it like this. It's like a lot of times, men will take a, a job or open going to business and it becomes their life. But a lot of time a woman will open a business to get a better life. <laughs> so they may see it differently because one spouse may just be that le- committed to excelling in their business, especially when they're in the entrepreneurial space that they may, how do I put this? just kind of overlook everything else. It could be the spouse, it could be the children, and then that causes conflict. And when you're having conflict, it's going to impact that level of intimacy. So those three things are going to be impacted across the board, you know, whether it's the nine to five scenario or the nine to five entrepreneurship scenario, vice versa, you know, they have different combinations, but the application is still the same if that makes sense. It It does. Yeah, it does. And I think, you know, in my relationship to it in the beginning, especially was such a tough adjustment because you don't shut off at five o'clock, you know, you don't get to clock out ever. You know what I mean? Really. And I'm, I tend to be a sort of an extreme person. So, you know, sometimes I'm up until two in the morning and then it's up at six and, you know, at it again. And it's like, sometimes I think it can be difficult for the nine to five spouse to fully grasp what the entrepreneurial spouse is going through. But also I think as an entrepreneur, we have to purposefully put in the balance stoppers where we say, okay, at this point, we're going to clock ourselves out because otherwise we can cause some major problems, you know, in our relationships because we're putting our business above our relationship at that point. Yes. This, and that's where resentment comes into place. Also resentment can come into place too, is that, you know, they, they both have different goals and sometimes those individual goals come into, they bring about resentment because the person who wants to do the entrepreneur route, you know, it's great risk and takes a lot of dedication, a lot of sacrifice of finances, time and other resources. And the person who's in corporate America say, Hey, you know, if they don't really show support, they may show support, but in, in the, in their mind, they may say they may resent that person for um, taking those risks and then, you know, causing their, their goals that they have together to maybe take a back seat for an individual goal. And so that's where if you're not careful and if you don't have clear communication, resentment can really set place when you have two different people in in different mindsets, one corporate America and one entrepreneurship. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I've lived all of those and, and definitely know those to be true for sure. In your business and your coaching, what do you see when two entrepreneurs are married to each other, but they each have their own business? I can imagine that that by nature could potentially pull them in different directions even more. So what do you see um, in those situations? I mean, we've witnessed it actually pulling couples apart because each spouse is so committed to their vision that it winds up resulting in division in the relationship because you want to pour resources into your business. You want to spend time devoting to it, but your spouse winds up getting further and further on the bottom of your to-do list. Hence, 
you know, intimacy pretty much <laughs> it stopped. So that causes even further division in the relationship. And it's not necessarily that one person's vision is, is greater or more important than the others. You got you have to prioritize. You can both work your business, but it all still boils down to that effective communication and planning. Because, you know, as you're running your business, he's running his business, but you got to take that time to communicate and, and it, to be able to explain, okay, I'm blocking out this amount of time for us. Even if you have to schedule it, what's very important to you is what you're going to make time for. You have that real important client that you want to spend time with. You can sometimes go overboard, but you will make sure that you spent, that you block out that time for them. But the same needs to take place in relationships. Cause I have, I've had clients where, you know, the wife is saying, Hey, she sets it such that even though I'm an entrepreneur at seven o'clock, I don't take any calls, but the husband was still, you know, okay, one more call, one more call. Next thing you know, it's 11, 12 o'clock at night. You know, they still need dinner and feed the kids. And she felt like all of the responsibility was falling on her. So she was, you know, kind of shutting her down, but her business down during, after a certain period of time and being intentional about family life, but he wasn't. So that was posing a huge problem between them. It's pretty much a big disconnect. So being able to have that level of support, like, you know, when you, if one has a speaking engagement, but one has a convention, just being able to just communicate effectively, you can do things like scheduling, which is one of the things we suggested to them, but you can color code your schedule so you can kind of see where each other has blocks of time. And then you have the conversation about things you want to do, still planning um, vacation time and being supportive of one another because no one should be a bigger supporter of your spouse than you, you know, regardless of if you have different businesses, you know, you should still be their greatest supporter, even if it's not your favorite thing. My husband had a, a technology company at one time and technology is not my thing, but I can tell you, I was his biggest supporter. You know, it's what can I do to help? At that point I had a nine to five. I didn't necessarily understand all of the entrepreneurial space like I do now. So now I understand how I could have helped even more, but it encourages them to, to pursue their dreams when you're supporting one another versus causing division within the relationship. I think that's so true. And then, you know, even though we're not in that situation right now where, where my husband and I are each in our own business, one of the things that I appreciate so much is when he takes the time to ask me about the details of what's happening in my business, because that's like my whole brain space most of the time. And I have employees. And so for me to be able to sort of unload in a good way, but just like tell him where the status of everything is, it makes me feel like I'm including him in that, even if he he's not really included and that he cares about what's important to me because those are the people that I spend every day with. Those are the people that I'm interacting with. And that's, you know, like family to me. And so I make a point when I am interviewing and when I, cause a lot of my employees are outsourced. So when I'm having conversations with them, if he like walks by, I'll be like, no, come over here and say hi. Or, you know what I mean? Try to introduce him and, and have him be part of that. And I won't, even though he's not my business coach and I've seen like a lot of people say like your husband is not your business coach. I, when I'm making an important decision about the business, I usually will include him as well, because yeah. even though it's not, it's my business and you know, he's not necessarily as interested in what it is that I'm doing. It affects him financially. So I want I want his feedback and I want his gut 
reaction to things too. He has a fairly good instinct as far as certain things go. So um, I think, I mean, the, ultimately the, the goal is to communicate. And even if you're not super interested in what your spouse is doing, being supportive and trying to pick their brain and, and get into what it, what it is that they're into right now and, and being supportive in that way, even if it's not, you know, externally, but being there as, as a support and then setting the guidelines and setting the boundaries so that you're on the same page. You know, I was traveling quite a bit in 2019. I spent almost once a month, I was on the road doing something and that, you know, we do have a small child at home. And so that requires coordination, you know, a lot of planning in advance and COVID kind of took a big chunk out of all that. Basically, I had to cancel like three trips, which isn't a bad thing. It's been good to like have the perspective and and be, you know, to say like, okay, how much of this does it really need to be done traveling? Like I said, even if we're not in separate businesses, it still takes that coordination scheduling and it can seem you know a little less spontaneous or whatnot but you do have to work it in and you know what's another key point that you said that really really resonated with me when you talked about having a fresh pair of eyes it helps a lot of times even if your husband isn't in the same business space that you're in or could it could be a, a wife um, you could get a fresh pair of eyes offer a different perspective on how to even take your business to the next level I remember um, my husband just talking about technology and um, components because he's a technology guru, how that can be incorporated into the business. And I was like, I didn't even think about that. I'm here doing everything by hand, writing out these emails, doing this. He's like, you know, have you ever thought about automating that? You know, it's less stress on you, more time. And it might be, you know, a different situation for depending on the, the business that the person's in, but they could bring a fresh perspective, even if they're on the outside of your business and help you take it to the next level and relieve some of the stress and pressure off of you, especially when you're flowing in that entrepreneurial space. Absolutely. And even, you know, something that something as simple as, you know, we met through Shay Brown, who was on the podcast and I was on his show, The Happy Entrepreneur. And when I was on Shay's show, my husband sat and watched the entire show. He's not a business person. He um, worked in the trades by nature, but he was just so thrilled with the show in general and shared it, did a watch party on his Facebook page. Oh. And like, you know, it was just like really proud of the woman that I am and the business that I'm running and just having that level of support is yes. just like having your own personal cheerleader when you yeah. have all these, you know, when you're in business, it's scary. You know, you're constantly yes. pushing through self-doubt and fear and, you know, the unknown and just having a cheerleader in your corner is like, that is like at the minimum, that is something that a spouse can do that would be amazing. Yes, that is. That is so true. Well, I want to hear the story of how you guys got into business together and <laughs> what are some of the ups and downs? Um, because I have always said that there's no way that my husband and I could be in business together. And I think that's part of the reason why our first business was so disastrous was that we were trying to do it together because we work really well in an independent space. But for some people, it works really well. So tell me about your situation. And then what you see with other couples that are in relationships, but also are able to work successfully together. Well, I guess about 14, 15 years ago, we were in ministry, um, of course, together. And um, we started working with couples and we became part of the marriage ministry. And we began to teach classes for couples who are about to go into marriage. So we had a lot of premarital you know, coaching and counseling classes. And so 
that kind of started us on that route, but we didn't do it as a business. So it was only when we were part of, you know, when we went to church and on certain nights when they had, when they held little retreats and little, you know, little webinar, not webinars, but like on weekend seminars. (laughs) And so that's kind of where we got started in that aspect. Really, we started going into business when Sakisha was on a retreat with, which eventually became our business coach. Mm -hmm. Keisha, you want to tell them a little bit about that? Well, I mean, it was several years ago and we had been going through a rough patch in our marriage. And, you know, we've been helping couples for the longest, but we fell prey to that thing. We got so focused on helping other couples. My husband was doing his business and working. I was working that we kind of lost track of each other. And we started drifting apart. And I went to a conference and I had a lady talk to me. And when you go, you know, when you go to conferences, they ask you to stand up and and introduce yourself and tell a little bit about yourself. I introduced myself and, you know, I said, you know, talked about my husband and my kids. And she came over to me afterwards. I was wondering, I was like, why does this lady keep staring at me? So I felt a little uncomfortable. But then she came over to me later, introduced herself. And she told me, she said, I've never seen anyone with such a twinkle in their eye when they talk about their spouse. I've never seen that before. She said, you're excited, you know, about him being your husband. And I'm not accustomed to seeing that. And I was like, really? And then she asked me about us. She asked me about our marriage and kids. And it just became a long conversation. And and she asked, do you guys ever get upset with one another? The challenges you go through? And it kind of evolved from there because I started sharing with her. And she said, you know, you guys should really write a book about this stuff. And I kind of blew it off like, yeah, okay, whatever. (laughs) And then she reached out to me later. And then we just started, it became a, a one and a half year process of working and developing this book and just started, we started going out and um, separating onto our own from doing, I know we always did things in ministry, but just working on our own was, it was different. You know, you were now in control of what you did with the couples when you met, you know, what kind of activities, what things you focused on, you know, doing one-on-ones. And that took some work because before when you're in a group with other couples, everyone's kind of volunteering. Okay, we'll take this week, you take that week, you know, and they kind of already had predetermined what they wanted, you know, to focus on. But now when you're in control of your own business and it kind of falls on you, it felt differently. You know, I've heard kids say this way, it hits differently. Well, it hit differently when we were on our own and we couldn't just kind of reach out to others. But even before that, we worked together in ministry. And I remember, you know, after church, we would, you know, go to the healing rooms, we would pray for people. And I would pray for someone and my husband would pray for somebody. And it's like, we would talk, you know, to each other a little bit afterwards. And we just noticed that we flowed really well together. If I, I was struggling with something, it's almost like God would reveal it to him and he would finish what I started speaking to that person about. And we just noticed the fact that we were working well together. And we're like, wow, this is something different, something unexpected. <laughs> yes, but the thing is, is that after you were speaking with that yeah. person, you came and approached me about, you know, oh, hey, yeah. let's start a book. <laughs> I was still thinking um, tech. You know, yeah. I had the tech business and I was still trying to get it going and still trying to get it going. And, and so you kept bringing it to me. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but then finally, you kept talking about it. You kept talking about it. And I kind of caught on to your vision about yeah. it. And I was like, okay. And then, you know, it was like 
create a website. And then I think I started with something and then, you know, it involves some technology. And that was his ass. That was him bringing his strengths to the table. And he loved working with the men and, and building up them up and encouraging them. And I liked praying with the women and encouraging them. So we started bringing those two together. Mm-hmm. And that's how we started working together. And it wasn't easy because, of course, you know, he's the tech guru. But in my mind, it didn't it wasn't supposed to work that way. <laughs> but we were right. going, you know, we were still going backwards and forth with, mm-hmm. with the business and the vision of the business because it started out as a book. And, and, and the book really, be, you know, it, it was the defining moment in our relationship. And that's what we put into the book. But, you know, we, we really didn't know where to take the book from to, to like a full-fledged business like where we are today. Yeah. You know, now it's, it's multi-aspects because, you know, that book turned into a play now. Yeah. And then, you know, now we have multiple books and now we have so much more going on. But we had different ideas and of the direction of where this was going. So we had to eventually, you know, going back and forth. It was not easy because, you know, first, you know, one would have a little fire and the other one would dim out a little bit. And then the other one that would pick up another one dim out, you know, so it wasn't easy. It was definitely a journey to get to where we are today. I love that. I love that. And I think it's so real too, because that really highlights that you can have your ups and downs and still end up in the same X as the spot, you know, farther on down the road. And I think that can be the case in any one of these scenarios, you know, as yeah. far as the the bottom line is that you have to communicate with each other, you have to make each other a priority, and you have to have a similar mindset, or at least a complementary mindset. You know, my husband always says, if, if it wasn't for my wife, I'd be completely poor. And if it wasn't for me, she'd never leave the house, <laughs> which is a hundred percent true. He just took, I just got back from a two week vacation where if it wasn't for my husband, I would have never taken that vacation and I needed it so badly Wow! that it's like a, it's, it's one of those things where I just tend to put my nose down and, and keep going. And he's like, Hey, there's this whole life that's ready to be lived out here that you don't need to be doing that all the time. You have to refresh yourself and rejuvenate yourself too sometimes. And so, I'm grateful to have a partner that brings that out for me. Um, and he's grateful to not be like without money all the time, because that's pretty much how it would go down. But well, you guys, before we end the episode, there's always two questions that I really love to ask. And the first is, and you can both answer this question or one can speak for the two of you, however you prefer. But if there was one thing or, you know, one topic or one thing, you know, takeaway that the guests could take from the topic of marriage and business and that they could take away from this episode, what would that thing be? Well, it's kind of common, at least we've heard it common, you know, uh, we've heard it quite a few times, but it sticks with us. And that is never make a permanent decision in a temporary situation. Mm, yeah, definitely. In marriage and relationships and businesses, you'll have your, your high points and your low points, but you know, you can't just completely give up on it just because you're going through a rough patch. Remember life is about seasons. It's not always summer. It's not always fall. It's not always winter, even though it may seem like that here in Florida, but (laughs) seasons change and that you'll go through the same when your marriage and in your business. So it doesn't mean that you give up based on that temporary situation. It's funny that you guys say that because I always buck the trend and tell people that I think you should go to bed angry. (laughs) I found that when we're extra tired, 
tired and when we're, you know, when it's late at night or we're extra tired and we're bickering or something like that, the best thing that we can do is sleep it off and then reapproach it in the morning when we're rested. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that goes against the old phrase of, you know, don't go to bed angry. But when we try to fight it out and we're overly tired, there's just Mm -hmm. no, that's what came to mind when you said that Eric was that that's a temporary situation, you know, and we're trying to like make a point and really come to a resolution of something, but we're just overly tired. There's no winning, like there's no stopping that argument. And I know it's not for everybody, but there's a security in our relationship of knowing that regardless of going to bed angry or not going to bed angry that we're going to be married the next day and so we have the luxury of of doing that and saying you know okay now we've had a little minute to cool down and we've had some rest let's look at this from a different angle like how can we come to a resolution where we both feel like we're being heard exactly we always give the advice to couples when there's a conflict is there needs to be a safe word Um, And and like you're saying, if it's late at night and you're tired, you need to have a safe word because you don't want to speak out in high emotion because when you have high emotion, you have low intelligence. What you want is low emotion. So you have high intelligence. And to break that down is when you have high emotions, you're angry. When you're angry, you say things out of anger. You're not thinking about what you're saying and how it's going to affect your spouse in the short term or long term. And in your anger, all you want to do is hurt, say something hurtful to get back at them because they won't listen to you and they won't see your perspective. And so you're just operating out of high emotion. And so there must be a safe word. And if, it, if that safe word is to table it to the next day so you can bring that high emotion down to low emotion, and then you can think about it. And that's what the high intelligence is. You're thinking about what to say. And you may have a different perspective now that you're, you're not operating out of high emotion. So I definitely, that is something that I definitely agree with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the last question that I have, and I would love to hear from both of you, but I always ask, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? It does not have to be marriage related, although it could be if you wanted it to be, but it could be from anyone, whether it be a teacher, a child, a parent, a, you know, a grandparent or a friend. What is the best advice that you've ever been given that you could share with our audience? Wow. For that one, I honestly... I think I, I read it somewhere. I'm trying to remember, but it was be yourself because everyone else is always taken, is already taken because we have so much going on now where we have people impacted by social media and it's impacting the way we see marriage. It's impacting the way people, you know, even people see themselves and it causes them to kind of lose sight of who they were called to be. Instead of focusing on their own business, they're trying to pattern it after someone else. They're trying to pattern their marriage after someone else. They're trying to pattern their life after someone else. And they wind up missing out on all God has for them. So my that greatest piece of advice was to be yourself because everyone else is already taken. For me, it's never stop learning. Once you stop learning, you go idle and idle people eventually die. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's true. So, So never stop learning. 
It's so good. It's so good. Well, tell us how people can find you. First of all, people need to understand they were so modest at the beginning, but this couple is going, going, going. They have so many things going on. So I want to hear about all the um, radio and um, show outlets that they can find you at, as well as tell us about your upcoming book release. Give us the, the lowdown on the highlights. Well, yes, we can be found on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, our website is marriagescanwin.com. That's with an S, marriagescanwin.com. We do have a couple of shows on the radio and we have a podcast. We're on the Love Radio Network and the show is called Marriage, the Marriage Can Win Show. And it's every Tuesday night at nine o'clock p.m. And you can also listen not only at the loveradionetwork.com, but you can also enable the Love Radio Network 24 on Alexa and you can listen from there. Then we also have dating with the Hilux, which is typically for single couples, individuals that are trying to, to learn about dating or find some new ideas. And so we have a lot of expert come on, expert coaches come on. And that show is every Friday and Saturday at eight o'clock to nine o'clock, right before midnight love. <laughs> um, we also have our marriage can win Academy that you can become a member of. And it has various levels where we, you know, a lot of people, you have your nine to fivers, you have your entrepreneurs. So everyone might not be able to attend a webinar at a certain time, but at least we've uploaded all of our teachings and trainings. We have mastermind classes all within the confines of this portal. So the marriage can win Academy. And on September 26 will be our fourth book release. It's called Struggling to Keep the Vows. And it's amazing. I'm super excited because we collaborated with eight others and we're just talking about and sharing our challenges that we've been through, you know, being married, you know, couples, they talk about their challenges, be it dealing with fertility, dealing with, dealing with infidelity, dealing with finances, dealing with communication, dealing with sex. You know, couples go through so many things and a lot of times they just internalize it. They're suffering in silence. So this is an opportunity and a platform in which the authors, we put it out on the table in terms of this is really what can go on behind closed doors in a marriage. But not only is this what happened, this is how we were able to deal with it. This is what we've learned from those struggles. So I am super, super excited about that. We also talk about various uh topics dealing with dating and uh, relationships and business on our podcast. We have over 54 shows now. You can go to www.marriagecanwinpodcast.com 24 hours a day and you can listen to our podcast, subscribe to that. And we're talking about you know everywhere that you have a podcast, Apple, Google, uh, Overcast, even um, Spotify. So that's a little bit where you can reach us almost anywhere. <laughs> I love it. Hilux everywhere. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you both for being on our show. We have enjoyed it so much. I think it's such an important topic for us to tackle and to, you know, to really bring to the forefront because even if people aren't married, there are so much of so many of us that have partners and are navigating taking these two lives, blending them together and trying to do that in a way that is both honoring to ourselves, to our relationship and to our business. And so what you're sharing is such important information for us to do that in a healthy way. And I really appreciate your time. This has been another episode of the Client Experience Revolution. I'm your host, Raya Gonzalez, and we hope that you'll join us next time for more important topics just like this one. And thanks again. 